Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're going to take a look at an article from Benzinga about cannabis entrepreneurs suing Capture Capital for fraud and breach of contract. To help us do that is Katrina Glogowski, angel investor and attorney in Seattle. Katrina, thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. All right, so apparently there's a California entrepreneur suing a cannabis company, um, Cap Captor Capital, alleging fraud and breach of contract. So the founder of this California cannabis extraction company, Mellow Extracts, they filed the suit in Los Angeles, claiming that almost $3 million in damage with the dispute involving two Captor-owned California dispensaries working under the MedMen brand. So Captor Capital, it's based in Toronto, operates most of his businesses in California, and its subsidiaries include manufacturing, distribution, and retail cannabis. So the bait-and-switch fraud accusation is when the founder of Mellow Extracts was also the license holder for two MedMen dispensaries located in Santa Ana and West Hollywood. And that same year, he was employed by I-5 Cannabis Holdings to become the CEO of I-5 Subsidiaries, which was later purchased by Captor Capital. So according to the lawsuit, the CEO of Mellow Extracts agreed to sell, sell the Mellow Extracts to I-5 Cannabis for a price tag of 1.5 million Canadian paid in 3.7 million shares of stock. So the lawsuit claims that the payment was delayed and the I-5 shares were replaced at the time of payment by Captor Capital shares issued with a 12 month restriction for sale. So the shares he finally received allegedly carried a market value of 525,000, well below the 1.5 million he was promised. So that's, is that where the breach of contract comes in? Maybe, but that's valuation, I, I think. Uh, and that's, you know, buyer beware uh, when you do a stock trade. Uh, you know, look at high times. Look what happened there. And who in the hell would sign an agreement paying him $7,500 a month for a five-year term? Like, that's crazy. Might as well just give him a $12.5 million uh, mansion with his MedMen buddies. Yeah, we see this kind of deal a lot. Uh, they're, they're holdover uh, executives, uh, number one, to ease transition, uh, number two, to sort of sweeten the pie because when it's an all stock deal, there's no cash. So this is, this type of hybrid is common, especially when the, the majority of the compensation is through stock, uh, individual business owners, they want some money. And so this holdover of a CEO or other type of executive um, is, is fairly common. Uh, this is not an unusual cannabis deal so far. Uh, the terms themselves are, are common in the industry. So what's also interesting is a contract included a clause under the agreement that could only be terminated by captor without cause upon a 90-day notice with 18-month severance pay. So the CEO of uh, this extract company is claiming that Captor never paid him any compensation and the agreement was never formally terminated. It seems like there was a, a way for Captor to get out of this deal, even though they kind of came in at the last minute. It's, it's an interesting situation. I have not reviewed the contracts, the underlying contracts between the parties. Uh, there, there does appear to be, uh, uh, we would call it uh, in the law, prima facie, that means on the face of it, uh, a, a claim. Uh, they had a piece of paper and it said, you were gonna give me $1.5 million in stock. Uh, they didn't give him $1.5 million in stock, allegedly, uh, given the valuation. Uh, 
and the contract said they're going to pay him a monthly amount and apparently they did not do that either uh so that would be a prima facie case of breach of contract mm -hmm. whether they have reasons or not or or there's underlying that's a defense uh but uh, so far he has a colorable claim you know, in a different story, the, the CEO of uh, Harborside um, down in California, huge dispensary, made a, a post on Facebook saying that he's never been involved with so many deceits since being in the regulated marketplace, that the legacy market or black market was so much easier to be able to give a handshake and a million dollars, and he's never ran into so much deceit. And so back to this article, this lawsuit has accusations about deceit and breach of oral contracts, oral contracts from Captor Capital and its subsidiaries. So about his role as CEO. So there you go. Um, it's, it's a little bit weird. You got to have things in writing. And then when somebody comes in last minute, there's a different company involved. Again, I, I have not read any of the documents. Obviously, I, I, I'm not involved as, as counsel in this lawsuit. But I think that this should be a cautionary tale to business owners of any type of business uh, that you need to understand fully what you are agreeing to. And sometimes it can be very attractive. Hey, I'm going to buy out your company for $100 million in stock in my company. Well, in that case, you're rolling the dice that the other company is actually worth more than $100 million to make your stock worth $100 million, right? Uh, and second, these, these tail end provisions of staying on in exchange for compensation or exchange for additional uh, funds, uh, you got to make sure that the company can pay that, uh, that, there's, that there's funds there. Uh, I've been involved in transactions where uh, similar promises were made and the acquiring company just was not financially able to uh, follow through on, on those agreements. And, and it's unfortunate, but if you are looking for an exit and your exit is by acquisition, make sure you have an attorney, make sure it's in writing and make sure you understand how you can get out of it, how they can get out of it and the ramifications of, of uh, all of those decisions. Because unfortunately, Josh, this is pretty common. Uh, I have run across three in five years in Washington, um, three deals like this that have failed spectacularly. Well, I think it was March of uh, 2019 that you were on a panel at the World Trade Center uh, that I was moderating. We talked about this very specific situation where lawsuits were going to happen in the eventuality that prices drop. And so here we are. This lawsuit is based on oral agreements. This is a promise. Like you can't really sue somebody over something somebody said. That's insane. Uh, I'm well, actually, you could sue somebody for any reason, but like who's going to win that? This is really about money and the, and the price drop and him wanting to be compensated for that original price. But like we said, this, these lawsuits were going to happen the moment prices drop. And here we are. First of all, we're making an assumption that there are no papers. <laughs> I'm sure there are some papers. But it does say oral agreements at the bottom. So a breach of oral contracts. 
Well, the full sentence, though, Josh, says the lawsuit also includes accusations of deceit and additional mm -hmm. um, uh, oral contracts. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just poorly written on the part of the author. Uh, but um, in order to sell your whole company, especially a highly regulated cannabis company, uh, there's going to be a piece of paper somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but but that aside, um, yeah, it, this is this is going to keep happening because it's business. Mm -hmm. This is business. If, if you are a nail salon and, and you have somebody come in and, and rent a table from you, there's disputes. Uh, yeah, so this is not, uh, disputes in and of themselves are not unique to cannabis. Um, but what I would like to point out is that when you are dealing with an, an, an acquisition situation, you really, really, really need to pay attention uh, because it can be very attractive. The numbers can be quite considerable, uh, but if it's just numbers on paper, it doesn't really mean a lot. And if you are being acquired by Joe Blow, uh, do your due diligence so that you can understand. I mean, this, this individual, uh, was being acquired by a company traded on the stock exchange. So you would think that they would be on the up and up and um, and, and have something of evaluation. Uh, but again, remember, Josh, during the same time period, uh, the, CS, the CSX and the CSE just tanked uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and, you know, you, you have to pay attention to this. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think people are because 15 months ago when we did that international cannabis lab with a lawyer, accountant and banker and the director of the World Trade Center, they still to this day, it hasn't changed. There isn't the accountability that we were talking about back then when I had asked the question, are there going to be future lawsuits due to, um, you know, uh, certain valuations, the $420 million valuations from PAX Labs or whatever, or when prices drop, will there be uh, lawsuits? And the answer back then was yes, obviously. And so um, I think that we're starting to see it. It's, it's anyone listening to the podcast or just has business uh, sense, this isn't anything new. Um, it's just kind of interesting that somebody is going to try and hold somebody accountable for a verbal contract. This is cannabis. There is uh, a lot of carpetbaggers out there just trying to make some money, you know, and then there's a lot of altruistic people that don't have uh, business sense. They're not savvy. And so there's going to be people that are taken advantage of, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And uh, we'll see what happens with this litigation. Uh, but litigation is coming. Uh, it's, it's coming to the industry. There's way too much money in the industry. Um, and, and too much money has been just thrown around uh, with ridiculous valuations. I mean, look at Aurora just marking down daily billions. billions. Uh, and, and so uh, just pay attention. And uh, don't forget, if you are an accredited investor, that accredited investor designation means you can afford to lose this money. Uh, and uh, you, don't, you don't need this money to pay your rent. Uh, and, and that is what the whole SEC regulation of who can invest in these companies is for. 
so that's another thing to, to think about as well. Mm-hmm. You should consider your investments gone. Yeah, that whole uh, IPO from high times that they had to delay it another three months while they get audited. <laughs> that's not going to turn out too well. So we did a podcast about the high times and low places. And we'll probably follow up with another MedMen because this issue, uh, MedMen just keeps popping up. And I think they're the next, uh, next one to drop. But you're going to have to come back to the Talking Hedge and find out. So I want to thank my guest, uh, Katrina Gogowski, angel investor and attorney in Seattle. Thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. Well, I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.